皆様ご起立くださいこんにちは、オリンピックスファンズのロバーズ・オブ・シュッド・スタン。Welcome to Keep the Flame Alive, the podcast for fans of the Olympics and Paralympics. I am your host, Jill Jarris, joined as always by my lovely co-host, Alison Brown. Alison, konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. Might be having a bit of an adult beverage, but only in the privacy of my room. <laughs> That is very true. We are,、uh, athletes are facing more discipline. Here on day 10 of the Tokyo 2020 Olympics, the, the new rules for COVID, the、uh, athletes who wanted to celebrate by drinking alcohol could have it in their rooms in the village, but they could not go out and party in the village public areas. And yet, some of them have. So、uh, there's an investigation under place. We will keep you posted. All right. Got a lot of action today because, boy, athletics is really just. Jumping right in with the, the big events.、Uh, follow up file. So, Connor Fields, our Shuklastani BMX racer、uh, who had a horrible crash during his competition, suffered a brain hemorrhage at the venue.、Uh, luckily, there's been no additional bleeding on his brain and no new head injuries have been found. He's got some fluid on the brain, but it's not increased. So, That was within the first 24 hours. So the doctors were feeling good about that, according to his father, who talked to USA Today. And he also suffered a broken rib and bruised lung in the crash. So it's going to be some painful healing. I've heard that broken ribs are tough. Yeah, but that could have been so much worse. It's、mm-hmm. the brain injury we got to keep the eye on. Exactly. Exactly. So, Connor, we're still thinking of you. Simone Biles, the gymnast, has withdrawn from the floor exercise, and Great Britain's Jennifer Gadarova will take her place. Okay, so I did go back and watch men's trampoline. They were flying all gotten, over the place. I've gotten only through the qualification rounds because they were, they were flying. It was incredible. So we had、uh, one gymnast, and I, I'm sorry I don't have their names in front of me, but We had a gymnast from Colombia who, on his warm up bounces, because they get like a minute to start the routine and they sit there and they jump higher and higher until they feel comfortable enough to be in control of their bodies and start their routine. Well, on his warm up, he kind of skipped backwards on the mat and on a jump landed on the edge of the trampoline and the pad and scraped up his heels a little bit. He still did his routine. Then the next one fell on the mats during his routine. The American went through the mat. So he was jumping and got close to the side and, it,、uh, and fell in between the trampoline mesh. And the mat on the side, and his coach had been right there and had opted not to put in the safety pad because that would have stopped his momentum and his routine would have been over. So it's always a judgment call is he going to make it or not? And he did not make it. So that, I'd never seen that before. And then, next person right after him also had the same deal with he was getting dangerously close to the side. And his coach did put the mat in front of him. So he did not look happy that he got stopped. And then Gao, just he was doing his routine. This is the, the, the Chinese champion who was heavily favored to win,、uh, was traveling forward and was getting close to the end of the mat or end of the, the trampoline. 
and then did a forward move that took him off the mat. And it, it, I don't know. I, I kind of wonder, like, are you in the, and when you're in the air, do you realize what's going to happen by where you land and how much can you correct that, especially, or can you even change your routine mid routine? Like if I, if I saw I was going to, uh, at the edge of the trampoline and I knew I had a forward move next that would take me off. Could I do change that into a backward move real quickly? I don't know. Well, well I go, it's all muscle memory. So it's very hard oh. to change the routine because you automatically go into the next move. You don't want to be thinking. So okay. if you've ever had the situation where you're driving somewhere and you come to a turn where you always turn left, but mm -hmm. that one day you're going to have to turn right, but somehow you still turn left. Right. Imagine right. that times a thousand. Okay. So when they talk about Sunisa Lee being able to improvise on bars, that's just something so amazing that yes. we don't really realize it just by how the announcers are saying it. Okay. Yes. All right. Still on the follow-up file. Uh, two athletes, the two athletes we talked about yesterday uh, who had gone sightseeing and violated the playbook and had their credentials stripped were silver medalists in judo from Georgia, Basha Margvashvili and Lasha Shaftodushvili. And Jordan Thompson, the American volleyball player we talked about yesterday who injured her ankle in the game against ROC, is not seriously hurt and she's going to be able to come back to play. The Latvian basketball player must have come by with his tape. <laughs> I'm not letting that go. I love that story so much. <laughs> it was just incredible. In other Olympics news, Italian rower Bruno Rossetti has been awarded a bronze medal by the IOC after he te he had been rowing in the heats and he then tested positive for COVID and had to miss the finals. And uh, the original plan was, well, you didn't race in the finals, you don't get a medal. But the IOC... In said, hey, no, we're going to allow you because you would have competed if you hadn't tested positive. You can get the medal too. And then uh, some other interesting news from the Belarusian delegation. Kristina Tsimonovskaya was is uh, an athletics athlete sprinter. She was uh, due to compete in the women's 200 meters coming up this week. She was told that she was going to get put into another race at short notice because she was entered into the 400-meter relay event. Well, she was not happy about that. She complained on social media, and the Belarusian Olympic Committee said, pack your bags, you're going home. Yes. Oops. Then she protested, and she pled her case to the IOC. The last update is she is at the airport, did not get on her flight home, because now she fears for her safety, and is with the airport police. Drama. Yeah, we haven't heard a whole lot of drama other than that original athlete who disappeared from the village and was attempting to defect, oh, I guess. Right. But it's been quiet in a way, considering how much drama there would be. They're just right. drinking I in the public areas. That's the drama <laughs> we're getting. <laughs> Sounds like college. <laughs> All right. Our fantasy league update. How's our league doing? Sholastan still... Way ahead of everybody else with 590 points. Cole Libri is at 224. Uh, Patrick from Green Bay is at 197. And I am at 194. Really close. I've, I finally figured out that 
you can select a points multiplier every day. And I only selected the points multiplier for like day one. So we went like nine more days with no other. I had Katie Ledecky as my points multiplier. Oh, that was a pretty good choice. I know, but now I still have her and I can't change her. <laughs> I Go don't to know the what... next day. I keep trying, but I think I've used my swaps. I, I... It's okay if you don't know what you're doing. Join us. It's ridiculously fun. Brackets. Sholastan is leading now 110, uh, and you and I are tied at 100. I do not know how that happened. Probably picked well in rugby. I did. I did have Fiji in both the men's and the women's pools. You can still join in on all the fun in uh, Fantasy League and Fantasy Brackets. Go to flamealivepod.com slash Tokyo for the details. Now it's time for our segment, What's Up with Mike and Maya? Mike and Maya of the Toyota First Date ad, where Mike asks Maya out to the school dance uh, while he is in the hospital and he can do so with the help of Toyota's magic robot screen that rolls through the hallways. You want to talk about Maya's friends today? Well, you were very concerned about Maya's friend in the purple satin 1980s roller derby jacket. She, and I haven't, I haven't figured out her name yet, but she's the one that's got the look because it, it kind of pans back, uh, Mike, when they're panning back from Mike to Maya, she is the one that's got the look of most concern on her face. And I'm wondering if she is a mean girl or if she is a Heather and she is kind of the ringleader of their little group. And she knows Maya is way out of Mike's league and is very concerned about this development. That maybe it will reflect badly on her. I'm not, I'm not sure, but she just does not look happy about this development. Well, you know what reflects is that purple jacket she's wearing. <laughs> so if you have theories about Mike and Maya, let us know at flamealivepod at gmail.com. So where in Tokyo is Marnie McBean today? So, so far I have found her at swimming track and field. They were moving Ocha, the Canadian moose from the flag area to the back door of the Canadian tower. And she made it out to sailing. That's good. Was her drum audible or did she not say? I don't know if her drum was audible because she was on one of the viewing boats. Oh, very cool. So I, I don't know if the wind drowned out the drum. All right, before we get to today's action, we'd like to tell you a little bit about our Kickstarter campaign. We have gotten media accreditations for the Winter Olympics in Beijing. This came at a complete surprise to us. So we have less than 200 days to figure out how to get there. We are really excited for the opportunity to bring you a podcast experience that's going to be more unique and more special because we'll have on the ground coverage and be able to tell you things that are happening behind the scenes and uh, what's really going on there that you can't see while watching TV. But we need your help to get there. So please check out our Kickstarter uh, postcards. We'll send postcards from Beijing. Uh, you can become a producer for a day. Your pet can be our mascot, which you have to jump on those because they're going pretty quick. And much, much more. So check that out. Again, that's kickstarter.com slash profile slash flame alive pod. Big day on artistic gymnastics. Now we're on to the individual apparatuses. We had men's floor exercise and men's pommel horse and then women's vault and women's uneven bars. I only dipped into a little bit of this, but I think you watched all of it. I did watch all of it. How was it? 
Again, it was an event you didn't win, you survived. That's disappointing. A lot of shaky performances, not many stuck landings. It was it was disappointing. Well, I know on the men's floor exercise, I did see the gold medalist perform and he was out of bounds. He stepped out of bounds. Underwhelming. So the gold and silver had to go to the second tiebreaker. Really? They So they got uh, the same overall score. Then you go to the execution score, which was the same. And then they had to go to the difficulty. Oh, and that broke the tie? That broke the tie. That's interesting. Hmm. So the gold went to Arlem Dolagapiat from Israel. Uh, silver went to Roderle Sabata from from Spain, and Zhao Ruteng from China won bronze. Moving on to women's vault, and this I saw more of. So Michaela Skinner was the replacement for Simone Biles. And if you're from the U.S. and you like gymnastics, you may know that Michaela was an alternate for Rio, which was pretty crushing for her. And she made the choice to stay in gymnastics for four years. And then she was competing in college and then took a year off of college to train for Tokyo. Then the, the pandemic happened. During that year, she got pneumonia and COVID. So it was a lot of comeback for her. And for her to make this team, make the team as she did was impressive and just like a dream realized. But now she got put into the vault when Simone Biles withdrew. So this is like a huge deal for her. So what was interesting was after preliminaries, because she was not on the USA team for that event, Mm -hmm. she was an individual. So she did not make any finals after qualifying. So after qualifying, she announced her retirement. Oh, said wow. she wasn't going to, she wasn't going back to compete uh, collegiately, even though she still has a year of eligibility, and said, "I'm done." And then two days later, she unretired again <laughs> to compete in this. So it has been an emotional roller coaster for Michaela Skinner. Wow! And she walked away with a silver medal because of it. Absolutely. Again, a lot. When you watch these vaults, you are not going to feel like you're watching the vault finals. No. Uh, Jade Carey, who was is also from the U.S. So I saw her first vault and she kind of stutter stepped in the run, which made her miss the do the round off in a weird place. And then her one hand was she was a little to the side of the vault and her one hand almost went off the vault as she's so she she missed she missed her steps and actually did not complete the vault that she was supposed to complete she was supposed to complete an aminar but she took out the twist because she had messed up the setup so poorly wow yeah so her first score was in the 11s which is which is frustrating but i'm just glad she's safe because that when I saw the replay, I saw how dangerous that could have been. For so, so the three medalists for vault were Brazil's Rebecca Andraja, silver went to Michaela Skinner, and then Korea's Yao Sojung uh, so won the bronze, which seems like a surprise. Was she she is strong in that category? She is, but it was a surprise. Okay. Then in men's pommel horse, what did you think of that competition? This was the best competition. Really. Yes, this was, so Max Woodlock again won the gold medal and it is beautiful. 
silver medal went to Li Chikai from Chinese Taipei. Also a beautiful routine. The only difference was Max's was slightly more difficult, but the silver medalist actually had a higher execution score. Interesting. So it's two beautiful programs to watch. And then Japan's Kaya Kazuma took the bronze on that. And then uneven bars. This is tough for the United States because Sunisa Lee is arguably the best or one of the best uneven bars gymnasts. And she had a very tough routine. She did. So she had taken out a couple of connections to go for a higher execution score, though, or lower difficulty. Oh. And she missed some connections. So she lost even more difficulty and some execution. But thankfully, everybody had a much worse day. Well, not everybody, but almost everybody had a much worse day. That's really sad. Even the gold medalist was not clean. Oh, I did see Suni's routine and it it looked like stuff was missing. That's all I could say. Yes. Like, yes. Like, I'm missing some stuff here. And she just didn't. And, and But yet she still got the bronze. She was laughing after her routine. Like, oh, that was not great. Yeah. but And as she kept staying in third place, she just kept looking at everyone like, really? How is this happening? Uh, that does not bode well for competition. So the other two medalists for women's uneven bars were Belgium's Nina Derwal and then ROC's uh, Anastasia Ilyakonova won the silver. Moving on to athletics, where it was another incredible day and night. Holy cow. I have to go back and watch some of this because there is so much going on with athletics that I can't focus. <laughs> and And they do have like three different feeds going on just for this one event. So it makes it kind of tough to to move around. But early on was the women, women's hammer throw qualifying round. So I did watch this extensively. And uh, Shukvastani, Deanna Price, did qualify through to the finals. Not great night for her. She did not meet the qualifying standard. Because if you met, the deal is they have a qualifying standard distance. If you meet that, you don't have to keep throwing. And she didn't get it. She, uh, Her best throw was 72.55 meters. She scratched on a throw. And I was really worried for a long time, but a lot of people scratched. A lot of people, most people didn't throw very well at all. So I wonder if the weather conditions are part of it or what's going on. Because I think only two people in her her uh, section uh, got the qualifying standard. So, But she is part of the final 12. She will compete again. So still rooting for you, Deanna. We had a uh, women's shot put. The finals happened for that. Did you see? I saw. I saw. A I did. I watched this. Okay. This was a fun competition. Okay. So did you watch the OBS feed or did you watch NBC? Was this on NBC already? I don't know. Because. I think I was watching the feed. Okay. Because I, I saw highlights and Michelle Carter was on the highlights. And I'm like, oh, Didn't... Michelle, that's right. Michelle Carter's an analyst for this. I want to watch it. But I don't think this has been aired on NBC yet. So you must have watched the OBS feed. So gliding is much prettier than spinning. Michelle is right. I, I agree. And it was interesting because uh, China's Gong Lijiao won the gold, like commandingly, and she is a glider. Then uh, Raven Saunders from the USA 
who wore a Hulk mask while she competed. And I guess in the early and had purple and green hair. Yeah, she, oh man, the, the hair is choice. And uh, I guess in the early round, she wore a Joker mask while she competed. So, so uh, she threw a massive last throw and it looked like she might be able to win it on that throw, but she fouled. And so the spinners were fouling left and right. Mm-hmm. They were going out of the circle. But she did end up with silver, and then uh, bronze went to New Zealand's Valerie Adams, which I'm really thrilled about for her, because this is, what, her fourth Olympics? I believe it's her fifth, but she's medaled four times. You're right. Yeah, this is her fifth Olympics. She's been competing since 2004, and she's a two-time gold medal winner, uh, silver, and now has added the bronze. The best moment was... At the end, after she had secured the bronze, and they gave her the New Zealand flag, she held up a picture of her kids to the camera. That's really sweet. She's a beautiful thrower, man. Mm. Oh, just gorgeous to watch. So that is a must-see competition, I believe. Also a must-see. Actually, everything on this ticket was a must-see night. It was really incredible. So let's move on to men's high jump. Where the bar kept getting higher and higher, uh, the athletes remaining were starting to go for Olympic records, but I don't think they could get them. No. Uh, But they could not get them. It was down to Mutaz Esabarshim from Qatar and Gianmarco Tamberi from Italy and Maxim Nadescal from Belarus. And the Belarusian was out first, and then it was down to the final, the, the Qatari and the Italian, and they decided... We don't want to do a jump off. We will share the gold medal, which I thought was beautiful. It was a beautiful moment that the official comes over and asks them. They both missed Mm -hmm. on their last jumps. So then it became, okay, now you're tied. Should we do a jump off? And they both just immediately said no. That was And then they were given the option. And then hugging and jumping all over each other because they were so thrilled. I bet they are going to be in the running for that Pierre de Coubertin award. Is that what, oh, yeah, you know, that, a, that spirit of friendship and, and solidarity kind of award? I bet they're in the running for that now because that was beautiful. In the women's triple jump, oh, man, Venezuela's Yulimar Rojas got the gold with a world record jump, like smashed this world record. It was a beautiful, beautiful jump. She was so excited uh, Portugal's Patricia Mamona got silver and Spain's Ana Pelotero got bronze. So that is a competition to go back and watch. And then the men's 100 meter finals. This was a little rough. False starts in the semis, false starts in the final. And then the results were so surprising and so kind of thrilling because this is the first time in many Olympics that Usain Bolt has not been there. So now it's a changing of the guard and that the new uh, champion is Italy's Lamont Marcel Jacobs. USA's Fred Curley took silver and Canada's Andre de Grasse took bronze. And we were talking about how so many things are happening at the same time. So Tambieri from high jump comes running over to uh, Jacobs in the 100 because he still got the flag wrapped around him. He had just finished and done, you know, a few minutes of celebrating. And then this happened. So the two Italians are literally embracing and jumping up and down on the track. 
It was uh, that was really beautiful. Uh, moving over to badminton, we had uh, men's singles had the semifinals, women's singles had their finals. Gold went to China's Chen Yufei, silver went to Chinese Taipei's Tai Tzu Ying, and bronze went to India's V Sindhu Pasarla, uh, which is exciting for India. So glad. Love when India gets a medal. Exactly. Um, in the baseball competition, we are in the knockout stage. So Israel beat Mexico 12-5, and Korea beat Dominican Republic. Israel and Korea will face off in the U.S. A and Japan will be the other pair for the semis. In beach volleyball, it was the women's round of 16, which included Arsha Klostani, Kelly Clayson, her partner, Sarah Sponsel, who faced off uh, Bansley and Wilkerson from Canada. They won the first set 23-21, but then lost the second to 21-17 and 15-13. That was a heartbreaker because I was in and out of the room that where it was on TV and it was exciting when they won the first set. And then I came back and they had a commanding lead in the second and Wilkerson and uh, Bensley came, uh, just made a comeback. And then it was neck and neck back. And it was all back and forth within the two points all the time. And then in the third set, they were near the end of the match and Clayson sponsored challenged a call on the line, whether it was in or out the referee agreed with them, overturned the call, which would have given Clayson Sponsel the point. But then Canada challenged that call. They challenged the challenge. Yes. And even the announcer was like, I've never seen this before. But then the announcer also said, it's so quiet in here, you could hear a pin drop. And there's nobody there. Come on, buddy. So the challenge of the challenge won, which did not make sense to me. Absolutely. And then Sponsel and Clay started arguing with the referee that you can't challenge a challenge. And then they got yellow carded. Mm -hmm. So that killed their momentum. They were totally distracted. Mm -hmm. And that was the end of the match. Yeah, that was a real shame. So uh, they are out of the tournament, but A, did a great job. B, they're young. So they'll hopefully be back in future Olympics. Elsewhere, uh, Brazil's Ana Patricia and Rebecca defeated Chinese, China's Wang and uh, Xia. And uh, Latvia's Gradina and uh, Krasunoka defeated ROC's Marco Guzova and Kolomina. Germany's Ludwig Kosic defeated... Bra oh, this is an upset. Yeah. Germany's Ludwig Kosic defeated Brazil's Agatha Duda 2 to 1. Holy cow, that is huge cuz Brazil that they, they are near the top. Yes, I think they are the top ranked team. Wow. Pain. Wow, that is huge. Uh Switzerland's uh Verge Dupree uh and Heidrich uh beat uh Switzerland's Euroll Bechart. And Australia's Archato de Solar and Clancy defeated, I believe this is another Chinese team, Zhui and Wang. And then there were a couple of, of men's round of 16 uh, games. Qatar, Sharif and Ahmed defeated USA's Lucina and Dalhauser. And Norway's Maul and Sorum defeated Netherlands, Brouwer and Meusen. Both upsets. Wow. That's big. Lots of upsets on the sand. We're starting to get some medals in boxing. And 
that tournament is structured again where you have two bronze medals, but the bronze matches and the gold-silver match are different days. So we have bronzes for the men's welterweight. Uh, they go to Pat, uh, Great Britain's Pat McCormick, who defeated Ireland's Aidan Walsh by a walkover. And then Raniel Iglesias from Cuba defeated uh, Andre Zamkovoy on a unanimous decision. And in the men's light heavyweight, bronzes go to Great Britain's Benjamin Whitaker, who defeated ROC's Kachef Imam on points. And Cuba's Arlen Lopez defeated Alfonso Domingo Laura Berto from Azerbaijan on points. Uh, new event for Tokyo, BMX Freestyle Cycling. So this was a, a two-day competition. And I, I, again, I tried it a little bit and I didn't, somehow I ran out of time today. I just ran out of time to watch stuff. So I watched a little bit of the women's finals and I watched a little bit of the women's qualifying. And the commentator on the feed, we had a, a British commentator and an American commentator. And the American like, didn't even try to say some last names. It was like Elizabetta. <laughs> that made me laugh. But again, just like skateboarding, they didn't explain what was going on. And I could tell things were cool. And I think it's easier to see cool stuff in BM in BMX freestyle because the bike is bigger and you see a wheel spinning around. And I understand that a skateboard can flip in things, but it it was just bigger on it's like the large print version of a book. <laughs> I I agree with everything you've said so far. Um, and but I just didn't understand how stuff was scored and what was a good trick and what was not a good trick and and what are you stacking how are you building your routines and it was interesting because at the same time I was watching the gymnastics feed and Bridget Sloan just right then would tell you what a vault was oh she's doing an ominar that's two and a half turns you know two flips and a twist or whatever an ominar is but explained it in the same sentence what the trick was and why it was important uh, and you just did not get that with these with these newer park sports. So uh, I'm trying. It's almost like they just assume we're going to think it's cool to look at so we don't need to understand. There's, again, what we talked about before about NBC's laziness. Mm -hmm. Just not giving us what we need to really enjoy these sports. Well, but, Looking cool is not enough. Yeah, no, but this is the the Olympic Broadcasting Service's laziness at play because that was I was watching the feed. They're going to do this if they don't fix it now. They're going to do it again for break in. Oh, absolutely. I'm I might go back to watch this a little bit more to see what I think, or maybe I'll just go back to try skateboarding in the uh, in the park. But it, it looked pretty cool. I will say that it looked difficult and dangerous as I'll get out as I get older. But, you know, doing flips on your bike over a ramp, that's kind of cool. Um, gold went to Charlotte Worthington from Great Britain. Hannah Roberts went uh, from the USA, got silver, and she said she was nursing an ankle injury prior to competition, which has got to be hard when you're pressing down on pedals and stuff. Um, and then Switzerland's uh, Nikita Dukaros won bronze. On the men's side, Martin Logan from Australia won gold. Daniel Dares from Venezuela won silver. And Declan Brooks from Great Britain won bronze. Diving, I did catch 
the final round of diving action. This was women's three meter springboard. And as expected, China went one, two. They have a phenomenal diving program in China. And oh, and for so yes. long, they've had a phenomenal diving yes. program. And the gold medalist was Shi Ting Mao. Her final dive was just amazing. How she could do so many flips and spins and go in the water with almost no splash. It was beautiful. She took gold. Uh, Wang Han took silver. And then bronze went to USA's Krista Palmer. And this is the first time the U.S. has medaled in this event since 1988. And then Canada's Jennifer Jennifer Abel, who is also, is she medaled earlier in the competition. And so she's really strong on this event. I saw one of her dives on round three. She just over-rotated and went in a little too far. Her splash was too big. And that was, even if with two dives left and you look at the competition that's all stacked up, she just did not have enough time to come back. And then you hope that the people at the top make mistakes, but you're not going to get very many mistakes from the Chinese divers. Over in equestrian, our Shukflastani Philip Dutton competed in the eventing cross-country competition. <sighs> this was tough to watch. Like, I'm no stranger to watching eventing, but it was very difficult to tell the riders apart. And even with their numbers on, because they'll have th uh, three or so riders on the course at any given time because it's so long, they can, and, you know, it cuts down on how long the competition needs to be. So that's fine. But they'll have cameras stationed at certain parts of the course. So you just, I think they went and did too many switches between riders because I couldn't, didn't know, I tuned in a little late, so I didn't know what the course looked like. And then I never knew who was riding at what given time because we'd switch back and forth between three to four riders who were all competing simultaneously, uh, almost simultaneously. And one rider went, fell off his horse over a jump because the horse stumbled. And I thought that was Philip. And the announcer thought it was Philip. And then I got corrected later on. But uh, that was really scary because I thought, oh no, Philip. But then he got back on the horse. So that rider was the rider ahead of Philip on the course. So Philip was on the course at the mm -hmm. time. And he posted an Instagram how he then is held on the course. They stop him mid-run. Which makes sense because you have to make sure the the prior rider is fine. Well, more importantly, he was laying on the course. Oh. So Z would have just come along and galloped right over him. So you could have had some additional issues. Right. And his own horse kind of hoofed him anyway. Right. So Philip was com not complaining, but saying how you stop mid-course that throws off your momentum. So that gave, he was disappointed in his cross country run because it was difficult circumstances, but he said Z handled it like a pro. Oh, good for him. Oh, exactly. So he is in, uh, Philip is in 17th place so far in the individual event and Team USA stands in fifth. I have a new favorite horse. That would be? It's Visera, who is with Teresa Vickland. I believe, of the Netherlands. And the horse lost her eye three years ago to Uvitis, but is still elite-level competitor. Wow. That's incredible. But yeah, I wish they could figure out a better way to shoot this event to make it more, to 
to not have it be like, oh, we're dropping it. You've never seen this event. And like, it's kind of like, yeah, we know you watch this once every four years. So we'll just show you parts. But I can't, I, I don't know how they make it better because I bet they can't use drones because the noise would probably not be good for the horses. And I'm not sure how much they do with helicopters either, because again, with the noise. So I, I don't know. I wish I wish it was better. It, this would probably be one of those few sports that would benefit from NBC's focus on only certain athletes. So they always air Team USA and they air like the top five or six. So you're going to miss seeing a bunch of athletes, but you're going to mm-hmm. follow single people through the entire course. Something to think about. Moving over to fencing, it was the men's foil team competition. France took the gold, ROC took silver, and USA took the bronze. I watched some of this. Did you? What and did you I watched think? some of the U.S. Uh, competition against Germany. Okay. And those foils are wild. Is that the latest? Yes, I believe so. Because they were flicking and they were poking each other and they were flying all over the place. But what I loved the best was through the body language, you could see what the fencer was thinking, even though you couldn't see their face. Mm. And I did not expect that because I haven't watched a lot of fencing. And I don't know if that's just foil because it is the most animated because it's the lightest weapon. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, they're all very different. In golf, the men finished up their individual stroke play. Gold went to Xander Shuffla from the USA, whose mom grew up in Japan. And uh, Rory Sabatini from Slovakia won silver. And uh, Penn CT from Taipei won the bronze. There was a seven-way playoff for bronze, which is kind of mind-blowing. In handball, we're still finishing up group play, but we had the quarterfinals matchups for the men. It is going to be France versus Bahrain, Sweden versus Spain, Denmark versus Norway, and Germany versus Egypt. In hockey, we had the men's quarterfinals. Germany beat Argentina 3-1. Australia beat Netherlands. They were tied 2-2, but Australia won 3-0 in a point shootout. Belgium beat Spain 3-1, and India beat Great Britain 3-1. Oh, my gosh. I did see this game. Oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> I'm so relieved. On, and, you know, I didn't have the sound on for this, so there was some guesswork. But the the pitch looked like it was sopping wet because when when they were showing replays, you could see water just spray up when their hockey sticks or they scraped the turf. And uh, then... Uh, just India had just really beautiful steals. They had some really nice passing that set up some goals. It was it was beautiful. So they are moving on to the semifinals. They will face Belgium and Australia will face Germany. On the in the women's tournament, the quarterfinal matchups will be Germany versus Argentina, Australia versus India, Netherlands versus New Zealand, and Spain versus Great Britain. In sailing. Two of the boats had medal races. So on the laser men's gold went to Australia's Matt Wern, which we knew was not going to be a surprise. Uh, Croatia's Tonchi Stepanovic won silver and Herman Tomasgard from Norway won the bronze. In the laser radial women's event, Denmark's uh, Anne-Marie Rindum won gold. Uh, Josephine Olsen from Sweden won silver. And Merit Baumeister won the bronze. Yes, but is Josephine a Swedish Viking? 
I would assume so. She can helm a boat. There you go. That's what they need. Swimming, swimming. Okay, so now the swimming competition is over for the Olympics, which is kind of bittersweet. It's always the sad day of the last session. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's my favorite part. So you watched, I, I dipped in and out, but you watched most of it. I did watch most of it. And I want to mention, because we talk about Rowdy Gaines a lot, and he gets so excited, but he did say two really funny things last night that I wrote down. So in the 50 finals, he said about one of the swimmers, he just breaks their heart in the first 15. (laughs) He's so good at the start, meaning Caleb Dressel. And then in another one of the races, he said, okay, take a breath. Now hold it. And then like, Two lengths of the pool later, he said, okay, you can let that breath out now. <laughs> wow. I'm thinking we'd all be dead, Rowdy. Wow. But did you notice that most of the 50-meter freestyle swimmers do not take a breath the, for the entire You time? cannot win if you take a breath. It was it was really interesting. And they had a little shot of the warm-up pool, and somebody was warming up with, like, a snorkel. And just to, like, keep their head in the water, but still ha- in, and get that uh, feel, I assume but not not turn their head to breathe. It was amazing. So in the men's 50-meter free, Caleb Dressel from the U.S. did win gold. Francis uh, Florent Manadou won silver, and Bruno Fratis from Brazil won the bronze, and he was thrilled. Then we had the women's four-by-100-meter uh, medley relay. How was that? That was interesting. How so? In that it it went back and forth depending on the stroke. And it was hard to gauge where people were. It was it was a tough, it was a great race, but tough to watch. Um, so for that one, Australia won the gold, silver went to US, and Canada won the bronze. And I believe that bronze medal puts Penny Alexiak as the all-time medal winner for Canada, which is very impressive. Although, you know, we have talked about before how it, it's impressive to a point because she's in a, a sport that has many, many medal opportunities versus somebody like who plays hockey and can only win one medal. But to be fair, she still beat out all the other swimmers. Yes, that's, that is very true. And that's tough to do again and again during one, one competition. Then we went over to the women's 50 meter freestyle. How was this one? Fast. I mean, they call it the splash and dash for a reason. It just out of nowhere. I was so pleased to see that Sarah Sostrom, who's the world record holder in this, came up with a medal. She has had a very disappointing Olympics. She has. And it's, it, I wonder how, what she think. I mean, I bet she's disappointed, but I wonder how, how it was for her having the year off, the extra year when it came down to it. Well, she broke her elbow. Oh, this past winter, yes, yeah, she slipped on the ice because it is Sweden, broke her elbow. So the fact that she was even here. That's huge. Was a was a big deal. Wow. So in this race, Australia's Emma McCune won gold, Sarah Sostrom won silver, and Pernella Bloom from Denmark won bronze. Moving on to the men's 4 by 100 medley relay, how was this one? This was exciting because you didn't know if Great Britain, they have Adam Peaty, who was going to be amazing. And the U.S., I don't think, has ever lost this race mm. in the history of this race. 
So they have that burden. And it was back and forth and back and forth. And then at the end, the U.S. just pulled out and there was no doubt. Wow. The, before they aired it, you got several minutes of the guys waiting backstage to come out. So they had the girl with the clipboard mm, okay. and they're bouncing up and down and bouncing up and down. So I think it was Zach Apple all of a sudden breaks out his phone and starts texting. And he was texting Rowdy Gaines. Oh my God. Then Rowdy Gaines says, I just got a text <laughs> talking about their preparation. That's pretty good. For that race, U.S. won the gold, Great Britain won silver, and Italy took the bronze. Then it was the men's 1,500-meter freestyle, which, how is that? Long. That, that is a long race. But Bobby Fink won this so decisively. Very nice. It was, an, it was a fun race to watch the last four laps of. Okay. Then Mikhail Romanchuk from Ukraine won silver, and Florian Velbrock from Germany won bronze. And that's it for the swimming. It was a great gains for Emma McEwen of Australia. She took home seven medals. That ties her for the record for number of medals won at a single games by any female Olympian. That record had been had been set at Helsinki 1952 by uh, gymnast Maria Gorokshovskaya of the Soviet Union, and she's the first, also the first female swimmer to win seven medals in a single games. So she joins Michael Phelps, Mark Smits, and Matt Di Matt Biondi as the only swimmers with seven or more medals from a single games. But and the only non-American in that group. Nice. Australia is going to love that. Exactly. They had a great games. It's always great to see Australia swimming well. That's that's always makes me happy because uh, seeing so many countries be strong, like Great Britain really has been strong at these games in the pool. And that makes me happy, too. And Canada's had a great showing, uh, you know, that shows that their program from Rio has continued on and gotten stronger. So that's that's really good. And a lot more first time countries. Mm -hmm. We saw in the medal stance in this swim meet. Which we love. We love. Moving on to table tennis. Our Shuklastani Millie Tapper actually competed in the women's team round of 16. And she and her partner, Michelle Bromley, lost to Germany's Patricia uh, Solia and Gianna Shan. They didn't win a set in that game, but and it wasn't very close either on port points. But they made it to the round of 16. So congratulations to them. We will see Millie again in the Paralympic Games. In tennis, okay, so this is this is when I turned on the TV for the evening. I turned it on and tennis was on. And I'm like, oh, I'll see what's going on with tennis. And I think this is what messed up my clock a little bit because they were showing the women's singles event. And when I went to put the results in, in our show sheet, we talked about them yesterday. <laughs> I was like, oh... I just wasted some time, I guess. But actually, it was kind of interesting to see what was going on because I did not know that they swapped out balls quite regularly during the game. And they had a little graphic that said new balls. Yes. And, and I, they, I guess they get very heavy as the game goes on. Yes. You never knew that? No. And I, I guess you haven't watched much tennis. No. Well, I, I don't watch enough tennis anymore. I, or, or they have never mentioned that detail. I mean, maybe the new balls just happened. And nobody thought to tell us that we were getting new balls, but 
they did think to tell us at the Olympics. So uh, Bencic was playing Czech Republic's Mar- Marketa Vondrosova, and near the end, there was a medical stoppage, and Bencic wanted her toe fixed. It was like she had a blister or something on her toe, so the medical was there. Also noticed that there's a medical timeout, so I think they had maybe five minutes for this. And the feed announcer was not happy because it was before uh, Vondrosova's serve. And the the feed announcer said that was not good form for Bensic. She, If she needed medical attention, attention, she should have done it before her own serve. And that this could have been a ploy, it, not a ploy, but it was a way to throw off Vondrosova on her game. And then she, and then she said, "Well, I hope Vondrosova wins the next game." They should have just sent the Latvian basketball player out with his roll of tape, <laughs> taped up her whole foot, taped the shoe together, get back out there. Sadly, Vondrosova did lose that game, and she ended up losing the match too. Who knows if that had an effect on it? But we had the men's singles gold medal match, and gold went to Germany's Alexander Zverev. He beat Karen Kachanov from ROC, and Pablo Carino Busta from Spain won the bronze on that. It was also the women's doubles and the mixed doubles uh, gold medal matches. And Bensic was going for the double sweep, as we said. However, she and her partner, uh, Victoria Golubic, won silver, which denied Bensic the double gold. And the gold went to Czechs Barbara Krejcikova and Katarina Siniakova. And bronze went to Brazil's Laura Pagosi and Luisa Stefani. On the mixed doubles, gold went to ROC's Anastasia Palachinkova and Andrei Rublev. Silver went to ROC's uh, Elena Visnina and Aslan Karatsev. And bronze went to Australia's Ashley Barty and John Pierce. In water polo, we have the quarterfinals set for the women's side. That will be Canada versus USA, Spain versus China, Netherlands versus Hungary, and Australia versus ROC. Weightlifting. In the women's 76 kilograms event, gold went to Ecuador's uh, Nessie Patricia Dahomas Barrera. Silver went to the U.S.'s Catherine Nye and... RMA Fuente Zavala from Mexico won the bronze. I'm kind of in the middle of watching this. We turned it on so I could could see, but we are we realized really quickly that we were spending a lot of time watching Group A and we needed to watch Group B. So I got to go back and watch that. The wrestling tournament has started. So you know this is probably one of the very few good things about having no fans in the stands is that you can hear the dulcet tones of Jason Bryant, the in-house announcer, a little bit better. So we had round of eight quarterfinals and semifinals action. The men's Greco-Roman 60 kilogram semifinals uh, happened. The finals will be Japan's Fumita Kenichiro versus Cuba's Luis Alberto Orta Sanchez. And in the 130 kilogram semifinal or finals, they they will be uh, Mian Lopez Nunez from Cuba and Georgia's Jacobi uh, Kajaya. In the women's fr- freestyle 76 kilograms, the finals will be between Adeline Gray from the U.S. and Aline Rotterfachen from Germany. Oh my gosh. Okay. So all of these finals, you have to put this on your schedule to watch because they are all going to be 
unbelievable. The semifinals, you should kind of go back and I really suggest you go back and watch because there is nothing like watching a 130 kilogram man lift up another 130 kilogram man. I tell you, wow. The, the matches were tight. You could see the frustration on different wrestlers' faces as they're trying to get out of pins. Adeline Gray came out and really, uh, her match was close and kind of what decided it was, uh, that her challenger's coach pressed the challenge buzzer and they lost. So Adeline got a point and she won her match three to two. Oh yeah. And that was really tight. And at the very end, her opponent got her uh, ankles and was almost going to flip her and how Adeline stayed on and played smart defense was just incredible to see. So this is very exciting because Adeline had gotten out, I think, in the quarterfinals in Rio and stayed in for this quad to have another go at it. So her finals match is going to be intense. Really, really exciting. Uh, remember in Rio how when they had challenges, they threw out Vinicius? Oh, yes. <laughs> so. They don't throw out Miratoya, do they? No, they have a buzzer this time, and that's for, oh, good. COVID. That's for COVID. Oh, they don't want anyone touching anything. Right. Is it a big giant button that you come and you have to like smack with both hands? No. no. Oh, too bad. But it is a buzzer. I think it's on a little pyramid and it says challenge. That's disappointing. They missed yeah. a chance there. Yeah, exactly. So we'd like to send a quick special thank you to our Patreon patrons whose ongoing donations provide a lot of financial support that we really need to keep the show going. Your financial support means the world to us patrons and be on the lookout for your August patron only show. If you are subscribed at those levels, uh, if you want to become a patron, find out more at patreon.com slash flame alive pod. on watch. Shuklist on watch. So we've got the beginning of the artistic swimming competition. <laughs> So Jacqueline Simino and her partner, Claudia Holzner, will be competing in the preliminaries of the duet free routine. And Philip Dutton will be finishing up his individual and team eventing with the jumping portion. I'm so excited to watch Jacqueline compete. Oh, she is so excited. She and Claudia have been posting like mad at once they arrived in Japan. Oh, So they are pumped and ready to go. Excellent. So it is time for us to say sayonara. As always, you can email us at flamealivepod at gmail.com or text or voicemail us at 208-352-6348. That's 208-FLAMEIT. Please don't forget our Kickstarter and help us reach our goal of bringing you on-the-ground coverage at Beijing. That is kickstarter.com slash profile slash flamealivepod. As we go out to music by Mercury Sunset, thank you so much for listening. And until tomorrow, keep the flame alive. 